Welcome to Faith Family in the Force. I'm Oliver. And I'm Annabeth. Faith Family in the Force is a podcast about just that. Our faith, our family, and our experiences as Oliver is in the Air Force. And on today's episode, we are re-releasing our most popular episode of last year. It's about sex. We hope you enjoy. All right, guys. We're really doing it. <laughs> that is the exact way I wanted to start this podcast. So, Annabeth, what are we talking about tonight? Okay, we are going to talk about sex. Wow. I know. But you know what? We're not going to get into like any nitty-gritty <laughs> details or anything, but we are going to tell y'all just some things of what has made our sex life healthy and better um, since we've been married and like after having a baby and things like that. So maybe if you're like our grandparents or our parents listening, you might not want to listen to this episode. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so glad you threw that caveat out there. Um, and I think that's that that statement alone goes to show and talks about a lot of issues with sex and lovemaking in general. The fact that sometimes it can be uncomfortable to talk about and that there's not like an open dialogue about it, right? Yeah. So just by having to preface the podcast, you know, with that, like there's kind of a little bit of issues with that. However, if you're, do you have small children around and not a age appropriate audience? I totally understand that. Like, go ahead and pause it. You can listen to this later or just skip it and go to the next episode, whatever. But we just thought this is something that's been on our like list of things to podcast about. And I've been putting it off just because I am like a junior high student. So imagine me as like a 12 or 13 year old talking about this. However, I think, I think this is good. I think we're ready and we have some good material to talk about and just overall just wanted to get some advice and our thoughts out there on it and over, just talk about it. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I do too, because I don't know many people that are talking about it and maybe it needs to be talked about because before we started this episode, we were just saying how growing up, there aren't many people that are going to honestly tell you about sex and our expectations of sex have been so wrong because of our culture and Hollywood and all these other things. Um, and I think people need to just be honest and tell the truth about it so that people can have healthier sex lives. Absolutely. So the first thing you just mentioned it is expectation, right? And there's all coming from all sorts of ballparks here, right? Um, it's kind of interesting to set the tone, but in like a married, healthy relationship, you have to manage your expectation with sex. It's just plain and simple. And that gets into your sex routine, um, whether like, like kind of like your schedule. I'm trying not to crack up a little bit as I talk about this, just by nature of it being... Like me, like I said, me being a junior high student about this um, and having that mentality, but just getting into like your routine, the um, communication issues, which we're going to highlight later about it. And then also 
realizing that this isn't like 50 shades of gray. Like, I'm sorry. Like if you have that kind of 50 shades of gray sex life with somebody good for you, like maybe keep doing that or maybe not, maybe that's not healthy, but just like trying to understand what works for both you and your partner. Yeah, for sure. And I will say before we get into this any further, one, we are not experts on this subject. <laughs> like you could go to like maybe a counselor or therapist or something that actually knows what they're talking about if you really need help. And they could say, might say the opposite of what we're going to say in this podcast. Um, this is like strictly just has what works, has, wait, this is, ha, this is what has worked for us. I don't know why that was so hard for me to say. Um, and maybe it'll be helpful to y'all I hope so and yes so that I think that was my main thing that I wanted to say is just we're not experts on this subject and expectations though um you have to communicate your expectations to each other like how are you going like you're not gonna know what's expected if you don't talk about it yeah absolutely and I think I'm going to just go ahead and lay the gauntlet out there and I can speak for a lot of guys, but Hollywood and pornography have completely shattered men's expectations of what sex life and a healthy sex life should look like because it's been this whole fantasized, this whole thing. And any married man who has a decent, healthy sexual relationship should be able to debunk that and just tell you like, no, that's not true. And if you're expecting that, like, what? I like, I don't. It's hard for me to wrap my brain thought processes around if you're expecting something, um, like out of an adult cinema movie or something. It just doesn't work that way, and it shouldn't. Is a reason that's on TV and the computer and not versus like real life. It just isn't like that. Yeah. So, how would you say? that you have managed your expectations or what have been realistic expectations for you? So this is going to sound cheesy, but setting sex goals, you know, and most of that is like having, I just, I'm literally feel like my temperature is rising because I can hear your parents like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they talked about this. But in having these like kind of weird goals and it's not a video game or anything like that, right? But just in general, communicating like, hey, like what, defining what is healthy for you and your spouse, yes. right? So whether that's two or three or four times a week or mixing it up and doing it in the morning or like kind of finding a battle rhythm, a sex rhythm, I like that, of what works for you. I can already feel like all the Instagram direct messages we're going to get, but I don't care because I would tell this to people in person, to people in persons. <laughs> I would tell it to anyone, but having that kind of understanding of, yes, here is what I'd like. And this is what I think would be good. What works for you, which is going to dive into that communication aspect. We'll probably touch on here soon. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing for me has been, and I'm, I don't, I'm not saying that it's, it's great to be spontaneous every once in a while. Like who doesn't love that sometimes? But for me, like 
not we don't write it down on our calendar or anything but like we talk about it and we're like yeah we're gonna have sex on this night this week or whatever or even it helps me at the earlier in the day at some point to be like hey you want to have sex tonight like yeah and then I'm in the right headspace like instead of me taking a bath and putting my pajamas on and thinking oh like we're just gonna go to sleep and then Oliver being like oh you wanna (laughs) literally like oh so you wanna do it on dude dad I don't know shout out to dude dad my favorite youtuber yeah, I, w- I would say that's been like a super point of success for us has just been, even if it's like several hours out, because let's be real, like no one wants to do it after you just ate Mexican food and you're all full belly and you're like, wait, are we going to do it tonight? Because we just had a bunch of barbecue and refried beans and stuff like this isn't working out. This isn't good. So that that's something I think has led to a lot of success. Yeah. And what would you say for people if they're like, oh, it's not romantic that way or it's not it's not fun as fun because you, I don't know, aren't spontaneous or whatever. I would then pin back to your definition of fun and also like the whole concept of spontaneity in a sexual environment and then kind of cage that in. Um, I don't have a lot of data points here. I didn't do a lot of Googling about this topic beforehand, but I am, I mean, like if we're all real with ourselves and we're talking about like divorce rates and marriage problems, like finances are a huge one. Um, Kids come up in that job satisfaction and like sexual health, you know, it has to like your sexual lifestyle has to come up in there, at least a top five, like without even looking at anything, just common sense. Right. And so laying, it's hard to say without talking about what we've already talked about, but like laying your expectation and not being cheesy enough to throw it on your planner. But if that's what it takes for you to be like, yeah, like we're committed to this, making it special in a sense of like, maybe if we talk about it, maybe I'll bring flowers home or something just to kind of get the mood going or light a candle or something. It doesn't have to be a crazy candle that you do crazy stuff with, right? But, I mean, just doing something to keep it special without, like, being spontaneous, (laughs) super spontaneous about certain things where it's just out out of reach and just crazy. Yeah, I agree. I could, I would argue that it can give you opportunity to be even more romantic because you have that time to plan and make it special. Um, And also, I think it's just ridiculous because... If I sex should be a priority in your marriage, right? And anything else in your life that is a priority, you're going to schedule, you're going to talk about, you're going to communicate, you're going to have expectations for. So, why do we think that we just shouldn't do any of that for sex? Like, it's a priority, hopefully, in your marriage. So, what's wrong with scheduling it like everything else in your life? Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're kind of like Annabeth and I, and like our planners are kind of our life here. We take them everywhere and we talk about it pretty regularly. So it's important to us. So we make it important. Another thing I'll say is that your expectation, understanding that if you're a newlywed, your sex life probably isn't going to be the same as it is a year from now or five years from now. 
And I guarantee it like anything else with good practice, communication, (laughs) and enjoying it and setting those expectations and goals. Like I kind of mentioned that in a non-cheesy way, right? But it's going to get better. So if you're kind of at that weird like newlywed thing and, you know, you're doing that, I promise you just keep keep at it (laughs) and it's going to get better. And maybe we can give you some tips and tricks if you're still listening at this point to how it's going to get better. Okay. Then I would say, what about expectations after having a baby? Oh man. Um, First, I would like to completely get rid of the whole like misnomer that a lady's body is completely just and utterly ruined after having a baby, especially uh, vaginal birth or even cesarean, right? No matter what, like it is so ridiculous that some guys would like, oh my gosh, like my wife had a kid and now it's not the same. Like, no, like that obviously like you need to go take an anatomy class. Like, yes, muscles expand and contract and there is going to be some differences, but still like like, no, there's some of the ways some of the guys are. Like, so if you're like that, you need to get over yourself. I'll just tell you this straight up. Um, obviously, like, expectations are going to change a little bit, right? Because you're adding a newborn in your life. They're probably sleeping in the same room as you. Your wife just went through a, a traumatic event in a way. So if you're expecting to get back on the horse, <laughs> that's a terrible analogy for this. I'm sorry. But if you're expecting to get back into it very shortly after birth, like, I'm sorry, like, you you need to just go take a cold shower or something and calm down. And to add to that, a lot of times at your, you go to your six week, after six weeks, you go to an appointment and they like check everything out, usually give you the okay to have sex again, the okay to exercise again, et cetera. Um, But that does not mean, even if you your wife gets the okay from the doctor, that doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to have sex again. So I would say almost have no expectations and just take it slow and kind of follow their lead because they might not be ready and that's okay. Patience is a virtue. (laughs) All the time we're telling our son and each other, like this is a good opportunity to practice your patience And that is an excellent opportunity for all you guys out there to just practice your little abstinence for uh, two months or however long it takes, right? Because ultimately, like, you want what's best for your partner and you want them to have a pleasurable and great experience while you're having sex. And they want the same thing for you too, right? So you being selfish during sex, I don't think is a good thing. That's, I guess that's kind of another one of those expectations. Like, you're not always going to get yours, Like ideally you both get yours and it works out great. Right. Um, but it's just not the case. Like anatomically, statistically and all these things. Um, like I said, I didn't do a whole lot of research. I wish I could come up here with numbers and stuff and be like, Oh, 15% of the time, blah, 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 blah. But like out based on my experience and other anecdotes I have, right. And just common sense. That's just the way it works. Yeah. And then Also, I would say to girls after you have a baby, once you are ready, I mean, don't wait too long. Like, don't rush back into having sex, but don't wait too long either. And I know it can be so hard. Like, 
after we had Jude, it was really difficult for us. And we had to change some things that worked before Jude and really had to, I don't want to say too much, but we had to change some things and find a new, new ways to enjoy it for it to work for us after we had Jude because it was different and my body had changed and was still going through changes while I was breastfeeding and losing baby weight and all of that stuff. And, um, so I would say it was hard because sometimes once all it had been a couple months and Oliver went back to work and all of that and the last thing you want to do <laughs> at night, <laughs> like you finally get the baby down to bed, you're so tired and you've had someone touching you like on top of you all day, this little human just sucking all your energy and <laughs> just touching you all day. And so sometimes the last thing you want to do is like have sex, honestly, because you're tired and you don't want anybody to touch you. But remember like, your marriage is important. Even though you have this little baby to take care of, you can't neglect your marriage and your husband and your sex life. Bang. That was good, babe. I never thought of it that way, right? So that's the beauty of having, you know, our relationship and stuff because I got a view about that and she shared that with you guys. I love that. That was awesome. So I think we've kind of crushed expectations a lot, right? We've hit that nail on the head. All that cannot be possible and having good expectations without good communication. So to you, what looks like what is healthy communication about sex, right? Not just like, and it kind of ties into communication in general. Obviously, if you have no communication skills and it's not going to be good um, talking about sex and whatnot. However, what do you think is like tips and tricks and keys to communication? Okay. Well, like I said earlier, you have to voice those expectations. You have to voice what you like, what you don't like, all those things. And it can be so awkward to talk about, right? Yeah. Cause I, it's awkward because you literally are in the middle of doing stuff, very intimate things. Right. And it seems out of place and kind of a turnoff if you're like, oh, does this feel good to you? Like, do you like this? But honestly, like the couple seconds it takes to ask that and double check can be the difference, you know, of having a really good time or just a okay time. Yeah, and I think not just communication during, which is good too, (laughs) (laughs) but also, I mean, communication just at other times, maybe you don't want to get into a whole conversation about it and you talk about it later and that's good too. Um, but I think you just have to get past. And I, I do think it comes from a place of, I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, or you're insecure about, telling them this or whatever it is. And I think you just kind of have to get past that and whatever you're communicating, come to it, like start the conversation from a place of like, you know, love and kindness, say it the right way and come at it as a 
hey, I want to make our sex life better and the best that it can be. So I think we need to talk about this, you know? For sure. I think it starts with being um, selfless and not really selfish about how you're communicating and thinking of the other person. And if you're both thinking of the other person, you're really thinking of each other and it's going to make it uh, really beautiful and something special. One of the, oh, I just had this huge train of thought I was thinking about for this. Um, I'm kind of blanking on it. Well, I was going to say that um, once you start talking about it and having those open conversations, it will get easier to continue the conversations and talk about it more often and more honestly. So I think you just kind of have to just do it. Like, you know, you just have to bring it up. You have to be honest and it might be awkward and uncomfortable, but it will help you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. So communication, I'm trying to think what I was going to say still, I didn't get enough time from that. However, I will say like being pretty open and direct with like, I like this. I don't like this. Um, I don't like this right now, but I may like this later. Whatever those things are can be super helpful. Um, Also communicating and this goes along with like hygiene. Like I'm just going to throw this out there. Like y'all, you're like close, you're sweating, you, you know, that's the other thing too. And I, that tears me up about like these movies and things like that is when like, the person's just got done with like football practice or something sweaty and you're just like, what the heck? They just like, they're gross. Like take a shower. Like, you know, hygiene's important. Um, I'm still blanking on what I was going to talk about earlier. So I'm going to pass the mic to you. Okay. Can we move on to the, our, our last thing then? Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll come back in my mind later. Okay. So the last thing, I don't know if I have one word to sum it up, like expectations or communications, but just feeling good about your body and having confidence in yourself. To me, this is the biggest thing that has helped our sex life for me personally. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Even, um, I guess you have the stereotype that a lot of guys don't they like that's not really a thing but it it is like how you look how you feel says a lot about what you're going to project out to another person yeah so the times that I have not felt good about myself have not felt good about my body have been insecure thinking that I had you know gained too much weight or have stretch marks or whatever then it has hurt our sex life because I haven't honestly don't want to do it as much. And I project those feelings of my, my own body to Oliver and think that that's what he's thinking about me. He's thinking, Oh, you don't look good. You look fat or whatever. And that's probably not the case. Um, And so I think you have to be okay. You have to get to a place where you are okay with your body. You're thankful for your body and what it can do and that you can have sex. Um, 
And I, I honestly think it will make your sex life so much better because instead of the whole time being worried about, you know, your spouse touching your stomach while you're having sex or seeing you with no clothes on or whatever, instead of being worried about that the whole time, you can actually just enjoy your experience. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think, like I said, it goes both ways, right? So for the guys, if you're not comfortable or happy with how you're looking or feeling, you're going to project that on your spouse, right? Um, another thing I would say to those lines are that like, just the expectation and the communication that like sex can be awkward. Um, there can be awkward sounds, feelings, you know, pauses, all this stuff. I would encourage people to like have fun and smile, even if all the lights are turned out, right. Or what, however, whatever situation you're in there. And because like, it's supposed to be pleasurable and enjoyable and it's made that way. And so have fun with it, smile about it, laugh if something awkward happens. Obviously don't like dwell on it if it's super awkward or whatever, but move past it and then keep going. Just do it. Nike. For sure. And I will say like some of the things that I was the most insecure about was actually things that Oliver liked. And so you just, again, the communication thing, like talk about it. And if you like something, if you think your partner looks great or you like what they're doing, like tell them, like make them feel good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like hype up your partner and your sex life. Like what? I think we might win an award for the most times (laughs) the word sex has ever been said on a podcast. Oh my gosh, y'all, this has been a blast to record. So last question I have for you, Annabeth, and I don't actually know the answer to this, and I'm curious, and you don't have to say the answer if you don't want to out loud. I'm not going to ask anything too, um, I I don't even know the word, too inappropriate. That's right. How often a week do you think is the appropriate amount of time to have sex? Because I'm sure we have two different answers. Mine might be eight days a week, you know. (laughs) Okay, well, for first of all, like we said earlier, expectations, communication, figure out what is going to be helpful and works for you and your spouse about the amount of times that you're going to have sex a week and then try to make a goal and to do that. Some people, that's just once a week. Some people, it's five times a week. But I would say for me personally, um, three to four times a week. All right. That's a great answer. I agree? Yeah, I would agree. Okay. I I would challenge you, if you've made it this far into probably the most like temperature rising red face podcast you've ever listened to and you're like you're in it to win it you use faith family the force as your counseling service which you shouldn't we're not counselors we're not therapists we're not we're just two people who we're not sex experts there you go we're just two people who care about our friends and would still talk about this kind of stuff face to face right and we want people to hear it ask your significant other your spouse what their what their answer is to that how frequently should you be having sex and then if it's kind of like something that's shocking to you ask them why and then boom open your door into communication right there and then maybe find a compromise if you need to yeah absolutely
All right. I think we need to be done. <laughs> yes, I think we need to be done as well. I'm going to link, I because I just mentioned it a little bit about feeling good about your body. And I don't want anyone to be body shaming themselves or each other. So I just listened to a podcast today about that. And I'm just going to link it in the episode if you have some like very, if it's very difficult for you and you don't like your body and anything like that, um, go listen to this other podcast episode that I heard. I'll link it and just put that out there for you. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show.